Oh, folks, guess what you tuned into? Comedy Film Nerds episode 481. Yep, first episode back after our big announcement. I know, that was... Uh, <laughs> first of all, um, if you haven't heard, we announced that December 12th is our 600th and final episode. We're doing it live at Dynasty Typewriter. Yes. We're wrapping this business up after 10 years. And I want to just say, we received so many cool emails and, and social Tweets media posts. Tweets and posts, yeah. yeah. It was very... Uh, um, Whoops. It was very touching. Thank you so much. And, uh, you know, all the posts and emails and tweets about how much the show has meant to you over the years, we really appreciate that. Yeah, and it's one of the reasons why we decided we wanted to, we just didn't want to say, oh, by the way, we're done. We wanted to, like, give everybody a couple of months. Yes. Mm -hmm. To kind of have a fun... Uh, and end on a high note, all of those things. Yeah, and have a mm -hmm. fun have a fun farewell tour. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Have a, you know, like when a pro ball player goes around all the arenas and they put mm -hmm. him in a rocking chair because they know he's retiring. <laughs> 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 yep, there's a lot of good movies that, that we'll be talking about between now and December 12th. And as we said, so now the ticket link is up. The mm -hmm. show is December 12th at Dynasty Typewriter. Um, it is on my website, GrahamElwood.com, mm -hmm. and you can go to Dynasty Typewriter's website, and it's uh, come to the show. We're going to try to have you know as many. We won't have all, obviously, but we'll, we'll have as many of the guests who've been on the show um, pop in for a couple of minutes and yes. just say hey. Mm -hmm. Um and I hope that our guest on today's program can do that, ladies and gentlemen. I already told him about it. Good. Mm -hmm. Let's please welcome. I told him he wasn't invited. Well, yes. <laughs> I told him he could come to see the Find show. Find something else to do December yeah. 12th. Um, <laughs> no, let's welcome our, our uh, friend of the show who's been here numerous times, Rick Overton, everybody. Hey, yeah, thanks. I look forward to seeing you that night. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll do five. Having... Don't right. worry. Yeah. <laughs> Since you're going to have yeah. 75 people mm -hmm. up there. Yes. You should have put me on last because that's an honored spot. Yes. <laughs> what do you give me the honor of the last spot after 75 people? Yeah. It's because you're the best. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You want to go on at one in the morning? That's yeah. Yeah, that's a compliment in other countries. You could close like a it. belch at a meal. Yeah, you could close it for a free drink. Yeah, <laughs> I don't drink, and I'll need it at the end. Yeah, of the and ten percent off some of the food items. Yes. Yes. Oh, ten percent. Yeah. Well, all those years have paid off. Yes, they, you've earned it. <laughs> and and uh, every, remember, every comedy club you could choose uh, one of three food items. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. All out of the same fryer basket. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh god you can't get the combo platter okay. no but one no. of three individuals yes yeah mm -hmm. the, heart, the heart attack special right please the deep fried cheese something yes. go to the, the light the go to the light cheese yeah. platter <laughs> go to the yes. light don't worry they'll all taste similar they'll yeah, have the same right. breading on them mm -hmm. <laughs> tastes like the fryer <laughs> that tastes like last week's act <laughs> <laughs> so 481 everybody I can't say it's halfway to to nine, uh, whatever. I, you got to just say it's closer to 600. It's closer to 600. <laughs> it's closer to 600. Um, um, we got a lot of movies to talk we about. We do. Yeah, let's do two of them right now. Knock two out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> At the same time? We'll yeah, just, just bang them out, boys. Bang them out. <laughs> well, you know, Rick seems gung-ho right out of the gate. Maybe right. we should have him go first. Let's do it. I don't know much about this movie, The Wandering no. Earth. Now, The Wandering Earth, you saw, and uh, I will say this at first. I'm like, what an odd title. I mean, that is it something somebody who wanders on the earth, or was there a translation Oh, issue? I thought you meant Rick's name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what an odd name. Overton. 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 And you over a ton. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. And uh, <laughs> so... So then when I read the description, oh, it's literally about them trying to move the earth so it doesn't get destroyed. Under your feet, yes. 
I feel so. I said I had to read some trivia on this movie, and uh, it's a Chinese film. And uh, what I loved about it is that first of all, uh, Wu Jing, one of the protagonists in the film, very famous Chinese actor, uh, only agreed to show up in one scene. But since he was the only big star of the film, the director, Frant Guo, changed the script and kept putting him in more and more scenes. <laughs> one day of shooting became weeks, then months. Wings pay for each movie is around $10 million. Uh, after weeks of shooting, the director asked him that since the movie was over budget, maybe he didn't mind not getting paid. Um, Wu Jing loved the director and the film so much, not only that he didn't, did he, did he agree to not get paid, he invested his own $9 million into the film. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, many people thought Wu Jing was conned by the director at the time. In fact, without his name, the movie wouldn't have been sold to so many theaters at all. Uh, so, and turns out, since it was a big hit in China, he will get his money back and then some. He did but, make a cut deal, though. Yes. Uh, Tail end cut deal. I don't know what. That means is. you make money at the end and they don't just make the money and ditch you. Oh. If you see money back, you made a cut deal. You made a cut of it at the end. He must have. Yeah. I mean, That's especially when you'd see star. money at the yeah. end. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I'm thinking, I want to know the exact words that that director said to an actor to not only not get paid, but to invest $9 million of his own money in the film. Yeah, what happened? I want to know those exact words and what cut kind deal. of weird... Uh, Look what, at this. Look what you're going to make in the long run. Yeah. And then think of your cut. Make a make a good deal. Uh, some actors have done that and done quite nicely in yeah. franchise movies yeah. that they've signed mm-hmm. on. They probably followed that model. But I, I wouldn't be surprised to find a hypnotism stone in his, uh, <laughs> in his the trailer or something. <laughs> yeah, something, some yeah, stone. something. <laughs> so they use witchcraft, is yeah. what Chris it is saying. Rick believes it, it was just been. good business acumen. Chris is saying yeah. witchcraft. I'm okay. Yes, yeah, some kind of weird Chinese black magic, I think, okay. happened. That's and, it. Uh, yeah. And it worked out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm on the conspiracy show again. I'm <laughs> well, now hearing that, Rick, what did you think of this film? Well, you know, you leave your your actual physics cap off. Leave that on the shelf <laughs> <Right>. over there. <laughs> that the Earth could withstand rockets pushing it away and not blow its own atmosphere out into space, suction drafting all the air away into space from doing that. Uh, yeah, you would have to leave your that hat off for sure. For there are a lot of like reasons this. why yeah. that uh, the the Earth would shake and move in ways from the pulling away of the Moon. It would be catastrophic in so many ways. There wouldn't be a lot of people. So if we can get past that part <laughs> and show that this is a struggle for everybody to somehow push the Earth further away from the Sun before the Sun does some flare thing and kill everybody or something like that, and they got to keep going and showing. They even go past Saturn at one point. Earth, right past Saturn. And there is gravitational stuff. They're not really dealing with the physics, but they are showing your standard, you know, there's a father figure, there's the kids who fall in love, there's the goofy guy who's a slacker and always has the funny glib thing to say in a crisis. Mm -hmm. The team, the funny team. They really followed all the models. Uh, It's not original in its dynamic. It's not really original in... The script dialogue, even with the translations, it's kind of original with the idea of pushing the earth out of the way. That's sort of, you know, space 1999 plus. Right. And in that way, it's, it's quite unique. And so you, take, you made the earth your spaceship and you're not sure how to steer it. And uh, 
it has an ecological message in that. But, it, you know, I, I think it was a pretty smart move for their market. And we have to start thinking in terms of an international market for films. Did it feel like, like a disaster type film? Yeah, it felt it at did. times like a disaster film uh-huh. and like one of those Roland Emmerich you know, the, the either right. it's cold is going to kill you or the earth crust will shatter or something like that. But it's somehow lots of people die and the earth goes to a challenge. And he's following that model very well, I thought. Mm-hmm. And adding for that market familiar faces that will get them the laughs and the and the familiarity and the, and the fan base. Mm-hmm. And I think he, he did a very good job of following the model. Well, I think it's interesting. And, and, and upping it a little. Well, because, you know, we, we've, we've talked about this. The Chinese film market has completely flourished in the last 15 totally. years. Totally. And where they don't need a movie to do well over here because they have three times yeah. as many screens. That's right. And five times as many people. Well, the, uh, <laughs> yeah, they, and they theaters were, do good over there. Yep. It's better yep. than here. And mm-hmm. they were saying, too, a movie like this, it's China's first full-scale interstellar film because they do a lot of fantasy mm-hmm. and martial arts and historical. Wire work films, yeah. And yeah. Uh, um, they said that... The uh, studio's investors have hesitated when it comes to the genre because of the perception that they need both a high level of special effects and rake in lots of money in order to be successful. Um, So that was some weird kind of like um, um, fear that they had. But, you know, a lot of fantasy and other genres are also very expensive. And uh, with with computer generation, I mean, you're either making a spaceship or a dragon. Is the work really that different? Right. Which whatever you're, you know, you're making. One is available sets, the other isn't. And there's an infinity of available sets. Right. For mm-hmm. a wushu film. Mm-hmm. And they have to build from scratch all of the science fiction stuff. Right. Now you have to hope that there's a series of those films to reuse the sets. Mm-hmm. Or those sets just go to crap. Or the... Um, for, y- you know, one giant effort and, and ancient Rome disintegrates and or the CGI Egypt assets. goes to hell, yeah. you know. Yeah, because once you have them in the computer, you know, they're, they're in the computer. Right. Uh, so I thought that was interesting. And so this movie in a weird way, even though, like you said, there wasn't a completely original for China... It actually broke ground because they don't normally make movies like this. They're usually martial arts from two, three hundred years ago. Right. Stories in, in times of antiquity. But they have... Rick uh, Myers would have a lot to say about this, too, yeah. about the, you know, the, the Chinese government controlling the films and what is actually being made and all the, which is... So for a movie like this to be made, it, it was probably even harder, as we saw, because it started up at $9 million. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're addressing a new middle class. Yeah. And they want to make product for the middle class that matches our product for our middle class. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's interesting because, again, you talk about, so in the last 15 years, there's been thousands of new screens newly opened. Cineplexes weren't a thing in China. Going to the movies was not a thing. And now because of this new middle class, because of their economy, going to the movies is a sign of upward mobility where here we're struggling. Now we have all the the... VOD and the t- streaming and all that stuff. It's harder. A lot to more get. Com- competition yeah. for the theaters here. Mm-hmm. Over there, it's like, yeah. That's, that's but, why the studios are all, all the big studios here. Are like, we have to get the movie in China. Yeah, we have to because it's a huge market and they make a ton of money there. Star Wars. Um, Star Wars has gotten on the beam and made sure that you put in characters that relate to a marketplace and you know. Well, that's per the, the Chinese film office is like, if you want to screen here, you have to have rules. You have to have Chinese characters. Yeah. You have to shoot some there. And mm-hmm. and the Chinese characters are always portrayed in a positive light. Right. The Chinese government is always portrayed in a positive light. They're heroic. Yep. Right? Uh-huh. Yep. 
you, you can't have anything that's critical of the Chinese government. Oh, yeah. And Hong Kong's about to be absorbed by yeah. the blob. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah they're about to be hard. blob. So it might be a free China might not be a thing we see much longer. You know, an absorbed China that looks semi-free for outward purposes is probably what we'll get the variant of. Well, mm-hmm. you know, the art reflects that. It's coming out of the uh, yeah. of the country for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so art, art is always the way to see. As uh, you know, as Rick Myers was telling me, the the filmmakers are getting a little more creative. Like he was saying, like certain films will criticize the Chinese government without criticizing the Chinese right. government. Like um, they they walk this yeah. line yeah. Um, between you know martial arts. What do you call it? Gun gun fu is yeah. the other thing when you have, oh gun fu yeah, yeah with have, the two empty guns pointed yeah. at your click click right the John um, Woo thing. Well, so. it's the thing. It's like it's what Rod Serling did with uh, the Twilight Zone. He had gotten so much flack uh, for writing all those Playhouse ninety things. There's that great interview that you can watch with him and Mike Wallace, and and Mike Wallace is bringing up, you know, you've been you've been fighting cent- network censors and all this stuff. Uh, writing back then, you know, Playhouse ninety was the, was that those live uh, teleplays. Mm-hmm. And, and Rod Serling in that interview was like, no. And he goes, you get this new series. Oh, it's just science fiction. It's light and fun. And so that's how Rod Serling got away with it. He did all this light science, well, light science fiction that had all this heavy social commentary, right. anti-war message and all this stuff in there. But red scare paranoia. Red scare paranoia. I mean, all that stuff. Very hip. But it was just, oh, it was, it was, um, it was science fiction. So he, he got was away the with first it. anti-Vietnam guy, yeah. by the way, mm-hmm. with a pip. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. A Pip episode. Yeah. There's a lot of anti-war because he was a he was a World War II vet. And oh, he, he saw it. Man. He saw the horrors of it. And there's a great episode where um, a young Dean Stockwell. It's towards the end of World War II, and he wants to. We gotta go get those Japs. And these like battle weary guys are like, oh man, I don't want to fight anymore. I don't want to kill anybody anymore. And then Dean Stockwell, well, he is now a Japanese soldier. And he's being attacked by the Americans, and it's like he has to deal with that. It was like such an amazing anti-war message. Oh, I don't remember that episode. Oh, it's a great episode. It kind of was the inspiration yes, later. Later, for yeah. the movie mm-hmm. with Vic. Yep. It'd be the racist, now he's a Jew in yep. oh, Poland yeah, yeah. and uh, mm-hmm. in the train. Yep, and he was he was a black man getting lynched in the, yeah, in the movie, right. all that stuff. Right. Um, that's one thing that's really nice about streaming. You can kind of go and rediscover a lot of these new sh- uh, old shows. Like yeah. I've actually gone back and I've started watching the old Twilight Zones, the Star Treks, and you know you have them at your fingertips now, which never used to exist. Yeah. But you know, this is a bit of a side note. But um, from what they're seeing with the streaming, this old content, you think, well, it can't be worth that much. Turns out it is because new generations are discovering it. So it's actually worth more than they thought it was at first. That's why you're seeing a lot of these other companies pulling it back from Netflix or Netflix making this extra money because they realize there's more value to it than they thought because Next Generation's discovering it. It's not throwaway. It's product. It's not. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And they put it in the wrong bin. Right, right, yeah. Now they're (laughs) going to slowly take it out of the bins and nobody notices. That's exactly right. Now you're seeing like everything being more more put back. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, they're doing all kinds of weird stuff. They had to change the way they run episodes now because people were getting the free Netflix week and binging everything at once and then dumping it. You're not, uh, yeah, you're not going to see uh, um, a lot of Disney product on 
Netflix much no, longer. No, you were telling me about that. Well, yeah. Let's go into that a little bit. The yeah. Disney takeover of the whole place is mm. going to put Netflix on its heels a little so. bit, huh? Absolutely. We've yeah. talked about it on a couple episodes. It's a significant mm-hmm. new streaming service that's going yes. to include Hulu and ESPN. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they've mm-hmm. the last couple of years have been ramping up to this by pulling off all of the Disney properties, which is Star Wars, which is Marvel, all those Marvel series that were on Netflix. Those and have all the animated movies. Too. All the animated mm-hmm. ones. All the ancillary um, Marvel and Star Wars stuff that was on all these other platforms and yep. channels and stuff like that. It's all being pulled off. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be interesting to see. Mm. I'm not a big proponent of supporting mammoth multinational conglomerates, but God, this is going to be hard. Yeah. To- <laughs> I, was, I was telling Rick, I said, because I, I don't necessarily want ESPN <laughs> and, or Hulu. They ran a promotion, and uh, I mentioned it on Facebook, and then Rick Myers bought it, too. <laughs> they, uh, if you bought three years in advance for Disney streaming, it was four bucks a month for three years. Oh, so God. Four bucks. I mean, four bucks a month. And I have kids, so you know that's an incredible value for me because they're going to have the entire library of Disney films, too, of animated Man. movies. So, I mean, I would have bought it just for The Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, you know, they're watching CBS online very closely. Yes. They're seeing how they do as a service, you know. Well, yeah. And, uh, you know, if you compare CBS to Disney, it's, oh, maybe CBS should only be a dollar a month. So, yeah. You I know, mean, it's going to challenge the their yeah. model. Yes. For but sure. CBS, as, as in, to a much smaller, lesser degree, is like, look, you get all the Star Wars titles, you get all our scripted stuff, you get all of, you get CBS Sports. Yes. So it's sort of... You get our library. You get our library of stuff. You get anything that they own, like right. Twilight, Twilight Zone, past, you know, it, past whatever. And this is, this is a... Um, Star Trek. Uh, this is a, 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 a minor point, but it is worth noting. Disney is a studio that's made all different types of content. CBS was a channel. And, you know, when you have content from a channel, it has a specific... Um, um, it has a specific size tone, and size and yeah. budget, and content. Yeah. Like, you know, everything on ABC is going to look different than everything on CBS. Whereas Disney, if you're just a company, production company like Disney, you've got everything from a Star Wars movie to a, uh, um, like an, an animated kid's Mickey show. So you have all these different things that, and that's honestly, that's what Netflix was trying to do is, uh, oh, yeah, we, we're going to give content, but it's not going to be just Orange is the New Black. We're going to do a bunch of kids' shows. We're going to do original movies. We're going to do everything. We're not replacing a channel. We're replacing everything. Right. And Disney saw that and like, yeah, but we have better content. We're going to do our own. <laughs> you know, sometimes the so, originator of a thing isn't always the winner of something. Yeah, that's yeah. certainly true. Absolutely. So, all right, let's get back into some movies. Uh, Graham, you uh, saw a couple movies on the plane. I saw some plane movies, Chris. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's two movies, The Best of Enemies and The Front Runner, that came out. They were trying to sort of be Oscar movies last year. Sounds like it'd be a good double feature to drive in. It would. <laughs> <laughs> and both of us, I remember when these movies came out. So the front runner is about the Gary Hart story. Yes. Um, Our first reaction, is anybody going to want to see Does anyone this? care about the Gary Hart story? <laughs> um, the, the trailer, again, shocker, didn't do the film justice. <laughs> Surprise. Because what this movie focuses more on is the media's responsibility oh well that's not in the trailer at all no it's not Mm -mm. because he's like 
why is this who cares now granted gary hart did a jackass thing by going right. follow me around you know yeah, gary yeah. hart was pretty yeah, arrogant see what happens what are you gonna do um <laughs> yeah. and and All the political cartoons that came out of that were hilarious i remember but Clo- it, clothes coming out of a house going bored yet yeah <laughs> i mean and and that wasn't but there's a there's a line in there like when when they're the the miami herald i think is the story that first broke it um and the head, they're, they're, they're interviewing, uh, well, not interviewing, but one of the guys is played by, uh, what's his name, Molina. Um, he goes, look, man, when I was, uh, when LBJ, uh, three months after he got sworn into office, he brought all the press corps into the room and said, look, guys, I'm going to be bringing a lot of women into the White House. I hope you show me the same courtesy <laughs> you showed JFK. <laughs> LBJ just said it. <laughs> and it was just like understood. It was like, yeah, okay. He's the president. He's going to be getting a lot of ladies. Let him, let him. And and so they were like, you know, Gary Hart was kind of like, why, you know, why can't I just do that? Or why can't I just, and it is, it is, it shows the, the blunders of Gary Hart, um, the arrogance of his campaign, because he was the front runner. Um, but also the media going, wow, this is, this is 1987, 88. This is the beginning of, uh, multinational conglomerates buying out media and pushing and 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 news departments having to be profitable right and and taking sensationalized stories that used to be on the 15th page and putting them on the front page and everybody having to kind of compete oh, yeah. for that the, the start of the 24-hour news cycle yeah. was begin you know what I mean it was cable news was just kind of starting mm-hmm. CNN was becoming a thing you know originally the networks I remember uh, when I was in college learning about this, they had somebody from CBS come and speak, and they said, well, you know, our shows are where we make money. News is our responsibility. But then when, when they came in, the big corporations, like, well, no, everything needs to make money. Everything needs yeah. to make money. So, yeah, the news, the news divisions used to just report the news, and they didn't have to get good ratings. Right. And then that changed. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so then it means, well, now we got a, well, got a guy having an affair is a big mm-hmm. thing we got to chase. And so it's really... It, it's a better movie than than I thought it was going to be. Great plane movie, by the way, and and good acting. Great plane movie. That's a good compliment. You know, yeah. and and yeah, it's a better movie. Was it Oscar worthy? I don't know. I'd have to go back and review all the movies it was up against, but or that it was trying to compete against that it never got nominations for it. it was, but it was a good film. And then the same thing for the Best of Enemies. So the Best mm-hmm. of Enemies is based on a true story of. Uh, there was a big, you know, integration battle in, I believe, Durham, North Carolina, 1971, between Ann Atwater, real person, and this guy, C.P. Ellis, head of the Ku Klux Klan. Mm-hmm. Sam Rockwell. Sam Rock, played by Sam Rockwell. And Taja P. Henson plays uh, Ann Atwater. And they do, a, you know, it's the classic thing. They do a good job of, you know, she's a beautiful woman. They mm-hmm. make her look like not that, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know. Um, and... I saw the trailer and I was like, all right, it's based on a true story, but it looks like this sort of Hollywood cookie cutter period piece race movie. White savior. White savior. You know, like I was just like, oh man, you know, like, but there's way more to it and it shows the complexities. It was this two week, they did this thing that was done. This guy did these things called, I don't know why, how this name came, but called a Chanette where it was like, we're going to have... The whole community get together and we're going to work together and come up with a thing and it shows everybody working together. It shows the thing. 
And, you know, it was, it was way more, there was way more subtlety to it an interesting three-dimensional human character arc versus Hollywood two-dimensional stereotypes saying cliche things in this format we've seen a million times. That's what the trailer, I thought that's what the trailer, I was like, all right, mm-hmm. like we've, I've seen this before, but it was really, and you know, uh, from what I can tell, and maybe, maybe there's more research to do about it, I didn't really read, but it seems like they tried to do a good job of trying to keep it as accurate as they could. Mm. They didn't, you know, rewrite it like the Kevin Costner hidden figures white savior moment where he where he knocks down the bathroom thing that didn't really happen. Um, so gotta it, have those Hollywood moments. Yeah, I mean, it has a, it has one or two towards the end some Hollywood moments where I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. but it felt more accurate. And then the again, uh, not really a spoiler alert, but most period m- most biopics during the credits. They do something. They show a photo or show the actual people or whatever. And some of the stuff they did, their interviews with the actual people were really kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it seems like a pretty interesting source. It was, it, was, it was better. Both of these movies were better than I thought they were going to be. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, you're just starving to get through a flight. So, so, and, you know, it's most of the movies on an airplane are ones I've seen because I watch a lot of films, obviously, and these two, and I'm glad I went. They're 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 worth watching. Mm-hmm. Did they, you know, were they shunned by the Oscars? Eh, I don't know if they deserved Oscar right. nominations, but they're but they're good, well-made movies that are more than the trailer led on to be. And they were good plane movies. Very good plane movies. Okay. So I, I would recommend both Best of Enemies and The Front Runner. The great performances by all all parties involved in both movies, and and more more interesting and subtle than you would think. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, check them out. Yeah. Most likely they'll end up being streaming very They're somewhere. Yeah, if, yeah. They're not, if they're not mm-hmm. a VOD or streaming, they will be. Well, that's interesting if about you're seeing it, they're generally somewhere else. Yes, yeah, if, yeah, yeah. if you're seeing it on a plane, yeah. there's somewhere. Yeah, that's, that, I used to, one of my old jokes was, you know your film's in trouble when you see it on the airliner on the way to the premiere, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just grabbed a quick license fee just to cover just some losses. I gotta pay the losses. So, well, I got to see It Chapter 2 I wanted the to see this, but I flew mm, home yeah. Monday and I was exhausted. Where yeah. from? I, flew, I was doing a progressive comedy with Ron Placone. And we had done Omaha, Sioux Falls, Madison, Minneapolis, and Iowa City, mm. which was great, but it was so much driving. We saw Bernie speak at Iowa, in Iowa campus. I shook his hand, which was really oh, cool. Oh, that's cool. Um, but I got home Monday and I was wiped out. Well, I mean, that's not like the kind of movie that you, uh, when you're wiped, I'm like, oh, what uh, scary clown movie that's almost three hours long. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. yeah I'm a little Perfect. fried from travel. Like, I need a yeah. three-hour Three-hour scary nightmare. clown movie. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> now, this movie, it's interesting. This movie, when I was watching it, first of all, of course, anyone who doesn't say it's too long is lying. There's no, you know, there's no horror movie, no matter what it's about, should be three hours long. It's it's a simple matter of uh, um, uh, emotional mathematics. You know, you can't you bladder can't, math, man. I'm 65. It's bladder math. You can't. I can't take it. Yeah, yeah. I'm hashtag emotional, emotional mathematics. mathematics. You cannot mm. um, sustain. 
fear in the audience for that long without them getting exhausted. No one has or can produce that much adrenaline for that long of amount of time. Uh, so, you know, granted you have the ups and downs, but you know it's like it was so formulaic. It was up, down, up, down, up, down until we got to the end. And this chapter two was more of a typical Stephen King adaptation. That is not a compliment. That means that it was disjointed. It was messy. It went, you know, structurally it had problems like... I really felt like the first one kind of hit it out of the park. It really did. I thought it was structured really nicely. It was scary. It was um, interesting. It had great casting and characters. I and I thought, yeah, one. I thought the yeah. first one was really good. And I really liked the Tim Curry one. So, oh, the uh, TV miniseries. I remember that. I with, liked his with, uh, Pennywise Har- a lot. With Harry Anderson and John Boy. Yeah, I think yeah. Skarsgård is great, too. Yeah. And uh, so this movie, it really just, um, like the first one, really just, it felt like, it was tight. It was a concise story. Everything worked. And I felt like that was more the outlier than this one. Like, I felt all the, everything they did right, they kind of let go on the second one, which was weird. It really felt like, oh, we've got to add this in. Oh, we've got to add this in. We've got to add every little piece of the book. No, you don't. They are different things. The book and the movie are different. You don't have to put every single beat because what happens is you have a bloated, overly long movie that is up and down with scares and then until you finally get to the end that it was completely unsatisfying. So I think we might do a, uh, a little uh, spoiler rant at the, uh, on the, for the Patreon okay. <laughs> people. Um, so the main <laughs> problem with this film was, was basically the length. Because if you would have had a shorter film, it would have forced the filmmakers to make a more coherent and cohesive story because the the entire structure of the three hours was all right the we're older we're going back to Derry to fight the clown again he's back so now we're going to do flashbacks when we were a kid we're going to get scared we're going to do um things as as an adult we're going to get scared and then uh it was the the dumbest thing is like all right we all have to split up and find these tokens from our childhood and i'm looking at the screen going there's like five to seven characters. That's going to take forever. Yeah. And it did. Uh, <laughs> so, because there was nothing Thoroughly follow yes, each character. Thoroughly follow each character. Oh, yeah, oh, to get, you know, and oh, the, all oh. the storylines were the same. Oh. You know, you get scared, you get your childhood token, you come back, and then that's, it was almost like a, a video game fetch quest. It was. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how it works. Yeah. What's, which one is that? Yeah. What's the, what's the goal of Fetch Quest? The Fetch Quest is basically is you're in a video game. It's a, it's. it's uh, yeah. You know how to play. I don't know. You have a, a main quest like you know save the princess or whatever. But sure. a Fetch Quest is you have to go through all the different lands and get a piece of a pottery and then you make like a vase at the oh, end. Oh, okay. So, but it takes forever. You go on an Easter egg. Hunt. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Scavenger so, hunt. Yeah, scavenger, scavenger hunt. hunt. So okay. it was it was really messy. Um, if you liked the first one, you're like, well, it was okay. Now, I will say this. The scares, it was scary. It was creative. You know, I'm always baffled by the people that are like, ah, it wasn't really that scary or creepy. No, it was. There was just too much of it. Um, You know, especially at the beginning, this is, you know, there's a lot of controversy at the beginning because there's a uh, a gay couple. And uh, one of them gets... Basically, it's a hate crime. He gets brutally beaten and then thrown over the uh, the bridge. And this is right in the beginning of the film, so it's not a spoiler. But then Pennywise eats him. So um, in the book, it was much more relevant to make the comment about um, tolerance and hate crimes and all of those things. But in the movie, because everything is just so kind of disjointed, it just didn't belong. And it felt like it was a thrown-in 
story because it didn't really tie into the rest of the film. They tried to tie it into the rest of the film. Because you don't follow these guys. Because, right? no, no, they were just, it was just two completely random people. So they start everything so, and you don't follow them. Right, right. right. So that, and it, they try to tie it in. I'm like, well, wait, what about, uh, you know, maybe there's a gay storyline with one of our main characters. I'm like, but that doesn't matter. That's not, that doesn't tie into, you know, this entire amount of time that we spent, you know, establishing this in the beginning. So, because especially when you have basically a part two of the film, you need to get into it immediately with these characters that we left off on on the first one. You know, all these different tangents and weird things going on um, with it don't concern the main characters because everything that concerns the main characters is already too long. And then you're adding on top of that. So, um, one, so, so I don't know. It was a really, it, it, it was a missed opportunity and I felt like it was just kind of this bloated mess that... Was it also felt rushed? It was like it was rushed out too soon because they had to get it in the theaters, you know, right at, you know after the next one. So, I would have liked to have seen the filmmaker take it a little more time with it and not be beholden you know, to all these other. You, you uh, bring pressures. up a, you bring up a great point, which is I, I think we all had. I did it. We talked about it on the show after the first it came out how much we loved it and, yeah. and what the potential for the sequel is going to be. Yep. There are kids and they got to go back. I'm like, oh mm-hmm. man, this could be great. Yeah. And when you rush it, you still need to spend the time on a competent adaptation because a book and a movie are two different yes. things. And you can't go off on not, all the tangents that yep. a book does. You not just every do page it. should be in the movie. No, right. you can't do it. And That's like a guy who says, only, only my true story is funny in comedy. And he tells it, and it's not as good as anyone else's act. But it's true. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought truth was funny. Yeah. Sorry about that. I didn't mean to knock your iPad over. Yeah, I thought, I thought the truth uh, was funny. Mm-hmm. And it's that harsh realization that that's the art yeah. form is how to some of it is presentation i mean watch a cooking yeah. youtube you yeah know? yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and it's uh, it's it's but i also then see the value of this podcast because now chris i'm not going to go waste my three hours on this movie yes exactly you've <laughs> i've saved you some time and i love bill sure. hater i gotta say yes. i love bill hater yes. barry and is that. brilliant he and henry are brilliant and, uh, you know, you do a movie on your uh, downtime, and uh, I'm sure it's going to do fine. But. And, uh, you know, Bill Hader, he went up to Bill Skarsgård, who, who plays Pennywise, and he uh, he asked him what editing was done to achieve that weird effect that, you know, how, like, he can make one eye move independently, which makes him even mm-hmm. creepier as a clown. And uh, turns out Bill Skarsgård can do that in real life. Oh, it wasn't man. an effect. <laughs> and uh, he said, oh, you mean this? And it, it, <laughs> Hater like freaked out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing that's disappointing because I, lo- I do love the casting of this movie. And it's a great cast. I'm, and they're all wonderful performers. Yes. Yeah. And you want it to be, you want it to be great. It's like. Yeah. It's a little hard to you know, hear you getting, James McAvoy do an hey, American accent. But other than that. Oh. You know, <laughs> but I mean, if any really of us got an it. offer to be in that film, you go, yes. Yeah. Yeah, of and you'll do you'll do the three hour film, and then you know, you got the story. Yeah, yeah. and James McAvoy, this was a funny trivia thing, uh, injured himself for real during his character fight scenes with Pennywise, suffering a double thigh strain. Is that really an injury? A double thigh strain? I think there's worse injuries that have happened on sets. So, oh yeah, yeah. Um, but they uh, there was a there was a couple other things that that's uh, the name of a band. Did. And this is another double, double yeah thigh double thigh strain, ladies and uh, gentlemen. Yeah, we've got two bases. That's the difference with this group. (laughs) Extra base. Um, Now, this is one of the other reasons, too, the the first movie works so well with the kids. Um, 
Bill Sarsgaard said he had more fun on set during this movie because he actually got to talk to and hang out with the adults. Oh, uh, they had minimal contact with the co-stars because the director wanted to keep them separate so they would generally be scared of him when they saw him on set. Yeah. So, uh, which is is interesting too because I, that's the other thing. Like I was trying to figure out like what else was wrong and the first movie just felt more genuine. Like this one just felt like kind of rushed and, and like, um, and just almost like contrived in parts too. Did it feel too. posed? It totally felt posed. Staged yeah, posed. yeah, it really did. Whereas Here, the do first the one thing didn't. where you look like this as yeah. opposed to the overall we know yes. this person for so long. They didn't give them enough time to really figure out who they ought to be in all of this, do you think? Yeah. They're it, so good, you'd think they'd be able to just knock it out of the park, because I don't think any of it is their fault. No, no, it wasn't. It was the material. Like, material. all the actors tried to do their best with what they had to work yeah, with. Yeah, that's it, the thing, man. But, As but, an actor, I can tell you. Yeah. but Sometimes was, you just get that page, you go, oh. Yeah, because they only... <laughs> How do you make this they, real? They literally only had two things to do. Be scared, and then um, find this childhood thing that you're looking for. And then that was it. I mean, so there wasn't a so lot more to do. So that didn't feel real to you this Yeah, time? isn't that weird? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but because if you... Uh, Is it a kid's fear versus an adult's fear? You know, the dynamic? All, all that stuff I expected to be explored more in this movie because that's really interesting. Like, as you're, are you afraid as a child? Rationality. And, and, that, tries you know, to... and that's coming back to haunt you as an adult. There's all sorts of interesting explorations. You could do everything from childhood fears to trauma to mental illness like there's all these really mm -hmm. interesting angles this could have gone adulthood stuff yes. that comes out that's yeah. different from the kids yeah and a separate it, whole thing of fears now yeah and but it was just like random stuff it's like oh yeah he's you know he's scared of clowns so, he's spared you know he sees he's it's a fun house he's scared and you know it was all like okay yeah mm. that's a bummer so yeah it was a shame but it was you know, it did. Steven's films run into this problem sometimes. Oh, for sure. That's why I was saying this felt like more of a this Stephen is King kind of, adaptation. We heard this this routine yeah. now with uh, Stephen King film with what do you do out of the book and what do you right. do to save yeah. your movie? You know, and this fe this yeah. felt more like Pet Cemetery, unfortunately. Oh dear. So, uh, but uh, yeah. <laughs> But it was, you know, oh, I would say yeah. go watch the first one <laughs> again. Yeah. Or go see Fred Gwynn. Yeah. <laughs> that cemetery. Yeah. Go see Herman Munster, not yeah. be Herman Munster. Christ on his throne, yeah. no. I was, yeah. So go see It Chapter 1, and then when you're going to see <laughs> Chapter 2, I recommend it with the fast-forward button. And oh, then, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh -huh. and then you Skin can, past to the yeah. big scary stuff. Yeah, until the end, which will just make you angry. You sat in three hours <laughs> in the theater. Wow. You didn't. You skimmed. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, so you'll feel better about it. So... All right. Those are our uh, new releases. Uh, Graham, we've got some Patreon well, sponsors. thank you so much, folks. Oh, and I want to thank you guys, too. Now that we announced we weren't, uh, um, we're closing up shop in December. Thank you for not pulling all the money out of the Patreon. We appreciate it. Um, it'll really help us with all the closeout costs and, and wrapping up the company. And we are more than happy and very excited to still read your uh uh, properties and your uh, podcasts and your you know everything your IPs whatever you have we are happy to still promote it through December and that, yeah that'll go through December so the last you'll be if you you can be a Patreon all the way in uh, through the end of November and then you'll be those November patrons will be charged December first and your rewards will go through December and yes. then that'll be done and then we'll then we'll shut it yeah. off yeah, yeah. so so you, you won't be able to be a patron after December 1st. Correct. No one will be charged for January. Um, so Johnny Ruland, he still has his uh, novel titled Green Cheek, A Junkie's Guide to Street Magic. It's on Amazon, both digital and hard copy. 
is an experimental stream of consciousness novel which follows the exploits of the muse Calliope and her mortal lover T.S. on a journey through time, dreams, and the hidden places of a supernatural America. The website is happyhorrorshowproductions.com, happyhorrorshowproductions.com. Fanboy Planet, a website and podcast for all things geeky and amazing. Check out Fanboy Planet for your comics news, your movie news, TV news, and amazing interviews with industry insiders and artists. Fanboyplanet.com, fanboyplanet.com. And from Chris Parker Howard, Coffee Over Suicide, a dramedy podcast about mental illness and choosing life over death, one cup of coffee at a time. New episodes every Friday, wherever podcasts are found. Find out more at coffeeversuicide.com, coffeeversuicide.com. Alice Frazier, co-host of The Bugle Podcast and host of Tea with Alice, brings you a series of three genre-bending solo stand-up shows that explore the boundary between comedy and tragedy. The shows were recorded back-to-back as a three-hour show in the Melbourne International Comedy Festival with a binaural microphone, which creates an intensely immersive listening experience. AliceFrazier.com. And the Art Podcast with Rebecca Evans. When we move past hesitation, we're true to ourselves. We find our own art and life. New episode with John S. Drew, host of the Shazam, Isis Podcast, Batcave Podcast, and more. Theartpodcasts.com with an S. And Tony McFadden's 14th book. He's written 14 books, That's Graham. a lot of books, Tony. Yeah. It's a gritty Australian noir, The Murder of Jeremy Brooks, pits small-town Australian P.I. Dan McGuinness against corporate greed and corruption. A Sydney surgeon hires Dan to find her husband's killer. The cops think it was a mugging gone bad. She thinks it was a hit. More info at TonyMcFadden.net slash JB. So um, check those out. Uh, it was really interesting, Tony. We went to your um, Amazon page, and just the list of your 14 books came up. So we are happy to help out. We, uh, we want to make sure you guys know that we are going to be doing these all the way through to December, like Graham said. And uh, we are happy to have you guys along with the uh, final part of the journey with us. So thank you so much. We really appreciate the support. Um, all right. So we are going to uh, talk about some movie trailers now. Um, well, or are, are we yes. having technical difficulties? No, 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 no we're good. We got it, okay. We got it. okay. Um, why don't you talk about this while I cue this up? Why don't you? Absolutely. Uh, the first uh, one we're going to talk about is the Joker. Now, the interesting thing about the Joker, the new trailer, is people have already seen the film and reviews are coming in, and they've been generally positive because this film is actually playing film festivals. So reports are coming in from festivals that, uh, and, and again, this is a, um, a marketing ploy for the studio. It's like, well, we want to get some early buzz. Uh, let's see if we can play some festivals. Now, the thing I don't like about that is that it takes a spot away from an actual independent filmmaker that really needs the festival. Ah. <laughs> because Warner Brothers generally doesn't need the yeah, extra publicity. Yeah. Well, let's watch so. this. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to... We'll watch this, and I'm talking about something I was watching this morning of some of the fallout or reaction from some of the screenings of this film at the at the, some of the festivals. Oh, interesting. Yeah, okay, let's do it. This is Joker, final trailer. The final trailer. I'll give Joaquin a lot of, Phoenix a lot of credit. He really creeped himself up for this movie. Please stop bothering my kid. Sorry. Arthur, I have some bad news for you. This is the last time we'll be meeting. You don't listen, do you? You just ask the same questions every week. How's your job? Are you having any negative thoughts? All I have are negative thoughts. 
he was the skinny already for uh, Finally, in a world where everyone thinks they can the do cult my he job, joined. check out this guy. When I was a little boy Master. and oh, told people yeah, I was going to be a comedian, everyone laughed at me. There well, is no uh, one's laughing now. definite ties to King of Comedy in this film, too. Well, <laughs> yeah. Which is really interesting. Yeah, yeah. That's what you're really Yeah, yeah. He's the other guy. Yep. But it's supposed to be we get the best bigger message. Right. Uh-huh. It's so awful, isn't it? For my whole life, I didn't know if I even really existed. But I do. And people are starting to notice. You think this is funny? Is this a joke to you? Batman, Joker does not have superpowers. Uh, Murray, one small thing. Yeah. When you bring me out, can you introduce me as Joker? Send in the clown. Have they announced what ratings going to be on this film yet? PG-13 or is it R? No, they haven't. De Niro's always been fascinated with comedy. Yeah. Yeah, for he sure. He dabbles in it here so and they played a comedian, you know, an insult comic. He's always had it in his blood. Analyze this. Analyze this. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, this morning, so some people have already seen this movie because it's played yes. at some festivals and mm -hmm. there's already been some, uh, there's been a little backlash. Uh, On the film itself? Yeah, because mm -hmm. they're like, it's, you know, um, uh, you know, a white male that uh, has been beaten down by society who uses violence, and it's the, you know, they, it's the, it's is the this movie is glamorizing violence. I haven't seen it. I have only seen these trailers, right. mm -hmm. but it, it's that's that's starting to sympathy for the devil. Yeah, that you. Oh, this is the sad story of how someone became evil. Yeah, yeah, right. So it's like. You know, I'm curious to watch it to to see what this is about. Obviously, that trailer is really intriguing to me. It's um, better than the first trailer. Oh my god! For sure. And I didn't know anything about you know the De Niro thing, and and mm -hmm. so, um, you know, I'm actually interested in seeing it now after oh, the totally next trailer. Want to see it. Yeah, his work. I don't miss his work. Doesn't matter what. Yeah, I don't miss any of his work. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's 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 interesting, and I don't know, like it's brilliant. Somebody and I was watching this debate on 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 the news this morning and one guy a filmmaker was like well first of all if the people who haven't seen the movie who are just like this is awful hollywood you know he's like well that's preposterous you got to watch the movie and we shouldn't censor this we should just if you don't like it don't watch it but also the violence that's happening in the world we need to address that right <laughs> not uh not necessarily blame hollywood now i'm not absolving hollywood of some of its responsibility for its portrayal of things mm -hmm. but to put it all on the shoulders of a movie is preposterous. It's preposterous. <laughs> yes. It is preposterous. It's like blaming, you know, Jill Stein for right. It is. 2016, or Susan Sarandon. You look stupid and crazy. <laughs> you look crooked. Oh. And that's, you know, yes. there was a, there. 
and this happens when a movie comes in, then all of a sudden everyone's got an opinion on a movie that they haven't seen. They haven't seen. <laughs> yeah. Go watch the movie. So, mm-hmm. Look, I mean, and 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 the then the like if it if it throttles into some big boycott thing, you know, like uh, watch the movie first. If you watch yeah. the movie and there's d- deliberate offensive things, or that, then don't watch it, or just say I'm not going to watch it because the over protesting and this that gets into censorship, and yes. I'm I'm totally against that because there's plenty. The best censorship you have is just not not seeing something. Don't watch You're, it. Don't subscribe yeah. to it. Like I remember, my father said, the best censor you have is your finger. Yeah, you just shut it off. Just shut it yeah. off. It's like, <laughs> yeah. I, right. like I said, yeah. I spoke at this, you know, this Minds event uh, a week or so ago, and there was some right wing journalists on it, and there was some I don't know if it was actually Antifa or whatever, but they they threatened to blow stuff the theater, and they had to move events and all this stuff, and it, the event still went on, and I got to speak, and I got to put my lefty socialist progressive message out in front of an audience of primarily libertarians and center right people, many of whom went oh. He's making some good points. And the thing Mm. I say is, had this group or people or individuals that threatened to blow it up been successful at shutting this thing down, these people would not have heard what I had to say. And, you know, if there's some YouTuber or, 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 or right wing journalist or that you don't like, just don't watch him. I don't watch Alex Jones. Yeah. I don't follow him. I don't, yeah. you know, I don't listen to Bill O'Reilly's podcast. I don't, <laughs> I just don't, I just don't do it. Bill There's some very easily, I'm sure he has. <laughs> <laughs> He's with it. I'm with the kids, you know. It's like, uh, where, where I, do people listen to this? <laughs> I use up and down rhythm in yeah. my voice to hypnotize you. Yeah. So now I'm, the controversy just makes me want to see it a little bit more because, um, you know, a lot of times when controversy comes out before a movie comes out, it's just, you know, people running around with like chickens with their heads cut off. Like, or, oh, the, I, or I, the studio's I, like, yeah, hey. Yeah. Or yeah, or hey, <laughs> um, I heard. Controversy sometimes helps yeah. get asses yeah. in seats. Yes, I heard I should be offended by this. So let me do the marketing for yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, that's, that's actually pretty handy these days. Yeah. And it's like a roller coaster that somebody got injured on. People are like, oh, shit, now I got to ride this, you yeah. know? Like, <laughs> it's got to be intense. I got to see who else yeah. buys it when I'm on there. So, <laughs> so yeah. And, you know, a, a lot of times, too, you know, and this might be just because we're in the business and we, uh, um, you know, we're, <laughs> we see a lot of content. You will probably watch it and go... Who are people so upset over? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't get why people were this. I could name story. a dozen movies yeah, that are yeah, worse, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, well, yeah. So, much ar- mm-hmm. so much artificial outrage out there yeah. now. Sometimes yeah, yeah. people, they're just nuts and they're privileged and they think they can vent on anything. And they get to. Right. And then we get to say this about it. Right. I mean, this is the other half of it all. You get to do that and then we get to do this. Yep. You get to say, we get to say what we want about it. So, yeah, I would recommend, I mean, it's coming out soon, isn't it? Like next month? October. Yeah, or yeah. October. So, I, I, it's the kind of movie that, too, that DC movies have su- had such a troubled past <laughs> because they've been awful, you know, a lot of them. You know, this, um, you know, Wonder Woman, you know, kind of turned it around a little bit. But, you know, these movies have a, um, I don't want to say a high bar because the bar is very low. They, they've already got a hole to dig themselves out of. So if this one is a little more artistic and interesting and takes some chances and does something different with a character that we've known for many, many years, I'm all for it. I think it'd be great, and it would be really interesting to see a different take as long as it um, doesn't screw too much with the DNA. Like like the way, uh, 
you know, Christopher Nolan's Batman was. You know, they were different than the canon or, or yep. you know, the characters, but they didn't screw with the Batman's DNA as a character. And I thought it was just a really interesting, cool, different interpretation. I'm hoping that that's what this is. Yeah, it doesn't but, screw with uh, the Joker's DNA, which is right. he's you know he's still a psychopath he's a psychopath yeah. at the end he of the day he doesn't get the dip in the bath yeah yeah <laughs> then chemical dip parts out now it's just pro protracted abuse well, you know what though yep. however we don't know that he doesn't get the dip in the bath yet because that still may happen even though it may he not paints turn him his white face. that's okay you know there might be a different interpretation of that event the bathed that happens. in bathed in society yeah or something or like it'll be some kind of chemical that you know doesn't necessarily change his skin or, but it could be something yeah. a different some or, type of event that's similar or it's oh, all we'll of the out. things that lead up to that so that when that final either it's the bath or the two conflicting stories in the dark night of how mm. he got the scars on his right. face mm -hmm. one of those like so all these series of things of him getting pushed around and abandoned and shoved and not appreciated and then this one tipping point and maybe yeah. that'll be the end that's of the, the movie catalyst you see all the things that right. led up to the one event that we already kind of know and happens. And everything else starts right at the end of the movie that yeah. we know is the start. Here, I'm yes. going to give you the perfect ending of this film. They, I'm sure they didn't do it, but this is what it was. All right. Um, the Joker at the end picks up a playing card that has Batman on it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this whole thing happened yeah. to him, and then he just watches the yeah. news about Batman. Yeah. And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> I'm yeah. the only makeup <laughs> super person yeah. in this town. You don't get to wear a getup and be another one. <laughs> so I hope there's some cool Easter eggs in the movie too. Like little, like I, you know, clearly there's not going to be any superheroes in it. That's not the point. But if there's like news footage or a, a new, you know, just the way, just the way the, um, like even Shazam had like, he had like a batarang in his room, like stuff like that would be kind of cool. You know, the like dynamic little, that we'll see shifting is the moment, they'll either have this moment or they won't, that will really define when Joker becomes everybody else's Joker, is when he isn't just taking revenge on the ones who are mean to him mm -hmm. and just starts hitting random people. Yeah. Then he becomes the other guy. Because other than that, it's just a kind of relatable revenge story. You right. know, <laughs> I, I, the screw those people you doing know, that You know what him. it reminds me of? Do you guys remember a, um, a Mike Douglas movie a couple years ago called Falling Down? Yes. Yeah. Where it was just a series of things where he just literally could not take it anymore. And then he snapped. Mike's, yeah, yeah, Mike loses it and then mm -hmm. gets a, a bat and a gun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this really kind of feels like um, that to me. Yeah. It's like it's a series of like, all right, you know, I'm trying my That's best. But analogy. everything is going horribly wrong. It's not me that's crazy. It's the world, which is how the Joker sees things anyway. So I think it could be interesting. I'm, mm -hmm. This new trailer makes me want to see it even mm -hmm. more. i got to be honest with you. Please allow All right. me to introduce myself. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the next trailer is Dr. Sleep. This is a long, speaking of Stephen King, a long-awaited sequel to The Shining. When I was a kid. By the way, Stephen King not happy with what Stanley what Kubrick did with The Shining. Yeah. And uh, guess what? Stanley Kubrick made a cohesive, coherent, and uh, a chilling horror movie without putting every but single thing in the book from it. They come back. Oh, look, the news Yeah. <laughs> oh, they're all grown up. Yeah. They're still twins in the creepy outfits. Is that Derry? Oh, no, it's, you know, all Stephen King's small towns in New England look the same. Right. I'm running away from myself, I guess. 
Hi. You can hear me. You're magic. Like Stephen me. King's getting a real resurgence. I love my magic. I always called it the Shining. The world is a hungry place. A dangerous place. I tell you, these people, they hurt people like us. These hunted devils, they'll eat what you They're shining vampires. They look like Cajun voodoo witches. That little girl. Wow. Hi there. Get out of my head! Get out! They're coming. Where are we Which going? Got the shining in there. The shining place. You sure you want to do this? I'm ready. Most likely, they were. Yes, you digital. run. <laughs> and then I will find you, and you will scream for years. Forever and ever. Oh, I don't want to see this. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever you do the Dah! at the end, yeah. at the end, yeah. the problem with it is it becomes like Trinity suspended in midair mm -hmm. and rotating the camera around. <laughs> it was amazing the first ten times right. I saw that yeah. somewhere. Yeah. All horror movie trailers are cut the exact same way. There's a and spray stencil. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, for the sound, too. Like the music, the music stabs, they're all exactly the same. Uh, so it seems like, so it's like I, it takes The Shining and all the subtle, uh, slow-moving, creepy, tense moments and just makes them big and crazy and bloody right. and it Turns arms. them into jump scares. Bigger yeah. wasn't the point. No. No, no and Kubrick no. understood that yeah. when he made that film. No, man. There's, no, there's nothing creepy about a dude in a mask or a knife or any of that stuff. It's creepy when you know somebody and they change personalities on you. Mm -hmm. Just a When long... Jack is getting nastier yeah. and meaner, that's mm -hmm. scary because we all relate. We all know somebody who did that. That's the mm -hmm. only relatable horror thing there is. And then mm -hmm. you walk down a long creepy hallway and there's just two girls in dresses if that's yep. not the scariest yeah. that's 10 times creepier than some guy with fangs and a knife yeah. and bloody like those two girls just going hey yeah. we want to play, with, play with that it's mm -hmm. fucking yeah. terrifying yeah you're looking the the lady in the tub yeah right she can't really hurt you yeah she's not going to kill you She's going to rot in front of you. Yeah, and that's, that's scarier terrifying. than her trying to do any real harm to you. Yes. yes. Yeah. So now I will say this being the issues we've had with trailers lately. Uh, I wonder if that trailer is in, um, representative of the film or if the film is those more subtle and building scares, whether it's all jump scares. Yeah, I hope so. so. so I, got, I don't I'm going to give it a chance, but I don't know. But uh, it did seem know. there was a bit of Buffy the Vampire Slayer in yeah. here. It's like you're, I wanna, we got to go after the Shining Vampires and Top Hats. Okay. <laughs> Crazy hats in the woods. That was yeah. scary. The, the, the grinning guys yeah. that Doug Jones played. Yeah, yeah. Splendid. Mm. I, but here, the... Uh, the uh, uh, I'm just glad they didn't do that last scene where the camera's on the floor mm -hmm. and you're looking into the camera and oh you're dragged away oh, backwards yeah, man right. if I see the drag away one more damn time right. guys come up with a new thing to do to them it's the drag yes. away or the they close the mirror and there's the, the guys in the mirror shot yeah, yeah. the cat's in the cupboard yeah what's a <laughs> yeah. cat doing locked in your mirror coming yeah. out of the cupboard <laughs> 
Yeah, how did yeah. he get in there? A hand. Let's sick open the cat. How did he get in there and then close the door yeah, behind him? Get rid of the food. The cat's <laughs> peeing and crapping on all your food supplies <laughs> for revenge. So. Cats are vengeful. <laughs> all right. All right. So we want to mention, too, um, the store is closing out. That will be closed probably around December 15th. So if there's anything you want, please, uh, everything is discounted. Check it out. We have uh, signed DVDs, signed books. We have some shirts left. We have, uh, with the new logo, we have all shirts, all sizes available right now. With the older shirts, there's only select um, sizes left. So go the into the cart. Collector's items will never yep. make these again. That is true. So go into the cart and then put your size in, and then it'll tell you if it's available or not yet. But check it out. I want to thank you guys that have already taken advantage and shipped stuff out. I only have a couple more orders to ship, and then we're caught up. So uh, ready for the next wave and round of people uh, ordering the closeout. So. Uh, thank you guys there as well. All right, DVD and Blu-ray. We have Aladdin. Uh, boy, this couldn't get to DVD fast enough. That went I mean, quick. That I, think I, really I quick. think this was right in the theaters, like, what, a month ago or something like that? That's <laughs> yeah. what it felt like. Yep. Uh, I'm like, look, we just live got a action. clear house. Yeah, yeah. We got a, we got Do a, a live action house. of a cartoon. Yeah, yeah. Prepare the bin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ready the bin, maybe. Pretty much. Clear the hard drive space mm-hmm. for the VOD. Black. Yeah. There <laughs> you go. Boy, yeah. you don't ever learn, do you? Mm-hmm. Uh, John Wick Chapter 3, Parabellum. Um, certainly, this is basically it's a James Bond formula. You like the first one, you want to see more shooting and punching and knifing, you're going to get it. Yeah. 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 This is, it is now, what it is. The trick is going to be for four, you can't do all the same flip moves on the guy where it goes at the over shoulder, Ipanage, mm-hmm. boom, and then the shoot and all that. You, the, the, there's going to have to be a whole new dynamic for four. You would think that. Add a person. <laughs> Add a person or somebody or something else, a, a sidekick yeah. or whatever. You know, I guarantee yeah. you four, they're going to try and add somebody. Well, this what do you one, boys think? I agree. Th- well, three, we had Holly Berry and dogs. So now maybe yeah, it'll be. they got to uh, make a partner now. Because yeah. that's what you have to do when there's it, too yep. many of one yep. human doing one human thing too many times. I think yeah. it's either a partner or he like rescues a kid, but the right. kid was trained in a special. Yeah, it might, it might be. Yeah. A kid. It might be Chris Pratt and a penguin. We don't know. The last. <laughs> yeah. Talking penguin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Who's got an attitude? Yeah, <laughs> he's in your face. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm a penguin. Don't uh, you think I know that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a. Uh, all right. <laughs> so, but you know, there's going to be a fourth one. It's totally going to have to be a fourth one. But yeah. I'm just saying, you and, need uh, an older, you need an older middle-aged man who turns out knows a little bit of Krav Maga and surprises everybody because they thought the old fart couldn't take care of himself. Turns out he can. Came out of retirement? Did he? Yeah, Yeah, he came out of retirement. There's no one knows the history on this guy. He's just the meanest, dirtiest fighter in the universe. We just weren't sure if he was too old for this shit. That's right. It turns out he's just right. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) So he's got a special set of skills. He's got a special set of skills. You never know what to look at him. Yeah. He's just sort of farting around. Yeah. But then uh, as we walked into his house, we'll find a suspiciously placed Medal of Honor, something like that. Yeah, he'll just... Yeah, yeah. yeah I, right. I, I was thinking about that. I thought, no, get rid of anything that has any record. There's no explanation for why he's the most <laughs> dirty, vicious fighter on the face of the... There's just maybe one line of like, well, that's how we did things in Bosnia or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> <Just be sorry. laughs> yeah. yeah he's... Yeah. <laughs> Outside of Kabul, uh, yep. this is how we All handle right. the problem. You okay, know? I got it. Mission Serbia rules. Got it. <laughs> 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 it. His name is Searle Downright. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, my so check gosh. out John Wick 4 coming to a theater near John you. John Wick, yeah. 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 Just, I enjoyed yeah. the other three. I certainly did. This down, yeah. The downright years. Yeah. The Cyril downright. downright. John Wick 4. Cyril downright. Yeah. Down from downright. You want another taste? <laughs> he's, I, he's always based on that guy from YouTube. I'm going to hurt you. I'm going to hurt you. See that guy? And yeah. knocks the guy out. Oh, old guy messing with the old guy. Out he goes. All right. And the other uh, film is The Dead Don't Die. This is the Jim Jarmusch uh, oh, yeah. zombie movie. I really want to see this movie. <laughs> yeah. I haven't had a chance to yet, but anything with like, you know, Adam Driver and Bill Murray. And Bill Jim Murray, Jarmusch, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm, sure. re- I'm ready for this. And uh, the funniest thing, I see the same comment about this film over and over again, and it's, uh, well, if Jim Jarmusch would make a zombie movie, this is what it this would be. be. That, but that's like the review. That's uh, that's that that's oh, it's a Jim Jarmusch zombie movie. Prepare that's for uh, action mixed with like, glib understatement. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like it's uh, yeah. Well, if you know what that means, you are gonna want to go see them. Methodical <laughs> yeah. dialogue. Methodical <laughs> social message heavy yeah. dialogue. <laughs> You've come to the right film. So, and uh, premiering this week, we have The Goldfinch. Yeah. And um, this was based on a best-selling book. Um, uh, a kid loses his parents from a terrorist bombing at the New York Museum of Art. And then it's his kind of journey, um, reconciling with that. And then apparently there's another journey where he goes everywhere. That's not quite clear what he's doing <laughs> from the trailer. Like if we watch the trailer again, you're like, I think I know what's going on, but yeah. I'm not quite sure. It's a very convoluted trailer. He's like a um, goldfinch. He's just flying all yes. over the place. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So um, it does look interesting. Uh, I'm curious to see kind of how it unfolds and what the story actually is as he kind of goes on this journey. Uh, and the next movie is Hustlers. Uh, there seems to be a new genre of film where a um, diverse cast of women gets fed up with society and become criminals. Yep. That seems to be a, uh, a new genre or trend of film. Because this really just looks like um, The Kitchen, like every other movie that Widows. we've seen. Widows. yeah, that, that, that is coming out like this. 95 plus. Yes, yeah. <laughs> push, it, push to the limit. Yeah. And they're going to take it's, uh, have and, a little playful revenge. And what's, uh, what, what's unfortunate is that they all seem to hit the same beats, that like the derivative male-driven casts, too. I'm like, well, no. Show me something different. This is supposed to be a different perspective, a different story. It's the same thing as always some yeah. guy going, hey, why don't you girls get back yeah. in the kitchen? Yeah, you yeah. Know, and, and then it's they like, well, no, just, right. oh, my God. <laughs> just, you know, if you're, if you're going to um, show something new, actually show something new. <clears throat> so, Well, it's uh, got a little dash of the, uh, uh, the dirty, rotten scoundrels in there, right? Right. And so there's the comedy of them playing mm-hmm. a dynamic like it was played off between mm-hmm. those yeah. two. And it's, you know, strippers. One is good at it, the yeah. other's klutz at it and fucks the game up. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Screws a, the game oh, up. Oh, no, you sorry. You can sorry. curse. Oh, right. um, Just don't say game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and. They did. They did the field. Yeah, they did the, that one already. No so it's one, a similar dynamic, yes. right? Yeah. And the same people who went to see the um, uh, the movie remake Overboard went to see that film, which mm. was no one. No one. So, oh, uh, dear. Um, so yeah, Hustlers is basically about some, uh, quote, loosely based on a true story about uh, strippers that take advantage of um, rich, Wall, rich Street Wall Street guys. Yeah. So, but, you know, Jennifer Lopez, I believe, is in the film. And, uh, but it, again, it's like you could interchange any of these trailers and they would be showing the exact same. Widows thing. was a good film. That was interesting. And then The Kitchen and then uh, they, they all started yeah. to like... It's like when Taken came out, and then there's all these. Then there's a hundred Taken. There's a hundred Taken. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, 
Um, hey, Hollywood, stop chasing a trend. Come on. Yeah, do something original. Kevin Hollywood. Rooney had the most brilliant line about that. He said, Hollywood always runs to where lightning just struck. <laughs> right. <laughs> He's Waiting right. for it to hit again. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh. So insightful. Mm-hmm. So, all right, that is our show. Put it in the books, wrap it up. Uh, Rick, we did have a last-minute cancellation. I want to thank you for coming in last minute for the show. Thanks a lot. Um, much appreciated. Uh, episode 481, closer to episode 600. Yes, it is. <laughs> Rick, where can people find you online? Any upcoming shows or anything like well, that? Well, I just finished shooting a, uh, a one-hour totally improvised set list comedy special nice. that's never been done before so we're just at, at emory emory the man yes. is cutting it together the comedy editor of all time and so he's putting it together and then we're going to try and put it on the market and sell it rick overton's official never seen before improvised comedy special nice mm-hmm. we got to shorten the name but that's the word <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll see yeah, yeah it's kind of catchy all right <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, it's hard to introduce yourself into the market but at 65, when you were, you know, I was busy on HBO for a while, but I let it go to do acting, and now I'm not trying to find something interesting to say, yeah, but can they do this? Good. And then see my improvised, set. you know what set list is. They yes, project on a screen next to you the topics, and then you mm-hmm. go off and act like that was your show. So that's what I got. And uh, I don't have any other set. I'm going to be doing Comedy Day. When does this go up? Later today? Yep. Later today, yes. Later today. So I'm going Comedy Day on Sunday up in San Francisco. Oh, great. And Robin Williams Meadow, and uh, that's like the gigs right now. Awesome. Now, do you have anything uh, coming out, like movies or TVs? Like, uh, oh like uh, yeah, I got a. It's called The Unicorn. The Unicorn. Kids film. Mm-hmm. And it'll be out on uh, Netflix. Awesome. Oh, great. In uh, the early twenty. Oh, awesome. Do you do voice? What's that? Do you do voice or is it live action? I'm a bad guy. I'm nice. a bad guy who wants to take the unicorn from the little girl. Oh, that's great. How <laughs> dare you bring Branscombe Rich, Rich ones in there and you know, I don't know how you my could, buddies. I don't know how you could live with yourself by doing a role like that, Rick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah live, I, can live, I can live with the medical and dental. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you that much, baby. I'll take those oh, it's union a lovely film. It's a lot of fun. You know what? And these films, and I worked with Nancy Leopardi before, mm-hmm. and she, she books me on films that are sweet, innocent. Mm-hmm. They don't have any of that other cynical... That's great stuff. It just mm-hmm. kind of simple dialogue, I know. and it just feels so good to do. Like uh, as a release, just kids should see this and not yeah. that Absolutely. other mind so, weird stuff. You know. So what's the difference now? I'm, I'm just sad that you're taking uh, a unicorn away from a child, <laughs> but uh, I have to say, oh, she she wins. She she awesome. does the whole you know Home Alone. Spoiler alert! Us, spoiler you know? alert! Yeah, but what um like like when you play a villain, just this kind of a, a, a side note, real quick. Like, do you? like look at other villains like from superhero movies or something or like what do you draw on for that like as for like a kid's villain i you know a basic library of what other guys have done you don't want to do that you know right. like when i was an eight-legged freaks i was really they wanted me to be like an andy Bar- barney fife kind of oh, guy god and i was like yeah but they know that they'll kill yeah, me for yeah. that i gotta be my own dude here come up with all his little idiosyncratic things yeah. and say he's this different guy and uh, we just so, saw that again recently. It's a yeah, fun yeah, you know, I had to, you know, I was really thinking about that. I don't mm-hmm. want to be done. I don't want to get the mm-hmm. No one, no one nailed me on that. So, um, yeah, I think when you're a bad guy, you're looking at like when I was doing the informant, I had mm-hmm. to think about. They say, do you like? You got to do something you like about your character. Mm-hmm. I can't like this guy. He's a real guy. He was a 
<laughs> See, it's a piece of shit. Oh, awesome. But uh, I liked how I played them. Mm-hmm. Well, I can't wait. That. I can't wait to see it because you know I still uh, my kids are still young enough to. That's right for to, them, to, to man. Enjoy this, is, this is a, a movie, movie they're like gonna. That. How old are your kids now? So they're eleven and fourteen. But yeah, my eleven right year on the old, edge. right on the edge for this he, one. He still really see. likes animation, so uh, and live action like kids movies. So it's a little I'm thinking, younger, but yeah, I think he would still dig it. I don't think the fourteen year old is gonna be there, but she's very cynical now. Because she's Probably a 14-year-old girl. Yes. She's, she knows more than all of us now. Yes. Yes. So, uh, That's the way this goes. Uh, but I, and, and I still like kids' movies because it's, it's great watching them to, um, with your kids because you kind of get to re-experiencing those feelings yeah. of watching them as a kid. So Aww. I'm going to be watching it with my son oh, next good. year for sure. Well, I'll expect so, your review. Yeah, all right. Uh, I do all my own stunts. Yeah. <laughs> and I do stunts so, in this. Oh, cool. So, all right, that's their show. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, September 20th, I'm doing a stand-up club number one in Moscow. What? Uh, that mm-hmm. ticket link I can't is, wait to see the report on that. That's going to be <laughs> awesome. That ticket link is at grandma.com. I will be doing the 28th. expats. We probably have some yep. up there. Uh, I'll be doing the 28th in St. Petersburg. That ticket link will be up soon. Man. Uh, and then Ron Placone and I are doing the Progressive Comedy Tour Down Under in November. Uh, the 14th, we're doing Melbourne. The 15th, Adelaide. The 17th, uh, Sydney. And the 22nd, we are in Perth. All those tickets are at Uh And then, of course, uh, you know, like and subscribe to my uh, political vigilante, my left-leaning socialist ramblings. <laughs> uh, over there at the political vigilante. Check that out. I very much recommend so, you do. So, And uh, uh, Long Ago and Far Away is still available in digital at on Comixology. Or if you want a signed hard copy, you have that at the Comedy Film Nerd store until... December 15th, so check that out. I will sign it for you. And uh, still ramping up to do the next Kickstarter for uh, Rise of the Kung Fu Dragon Master. And uh, that's it. All right. That's our show, Rick. Thank you so much. Thanks for inviting uh, me in, boys. Thank you, Aaron Brungart and everybody at the All Things Comedy World Headquarters. My name is Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember, Han, Han shot, shot first. first.